iyo mahi katua mahia and all that you do do well Inga mana, inga reo, inga kārangaranga maha o te motu, nau mai anō ki tēnei hōtaka, ko te ahikā. I'm Justine Murray and this is Te Ahikā on Radio New Zealand National. As women, we often feel allegiance with other wahine, right? Annette Ma joins us tonight retelling her story of her experience with a female GP, delivering what turned out to be some devastating news. The GP who works with my doctor just blurted it out over the telephone. I was so shocked and she was a woman. I couldn't believe she could have been so insensitive. She rang me back immediately. I just hung up on her as she was trying to apologise for her mistake. At this stage I was crying my son, who is 20, was home at the time and who I have practically brought up on my own, became upset also. About 15 minutes passed and a support worker turned up on my doorstep, sent from the GP who had rung me. She continued to tell me that the doctor was very sorry and all this. I listened to her and vented my opinion about her behaviour also. It took me quite a while to get over the situation. Anyway, getting on, I was very upset to find I had breast cancer again. Annette's story coming up later in the show. Earlier this year, I visited Waipukuro, Central Hawke's Bay, where health worker Makere Nipiapatu Thorstenson had been part of an initiative to encourage more wahine Māori in rural Hawke's Bay to get their mammogram. Not an easy feat given that whakamā, Shyness is a huge obstacle to get around, so Makere made a day of it. Two days before I went and painted all their nails pink. <laughs> two because days? Two days before, because it's all about them. It's all about our wahine, it's all about our nannies. It's not about me, it's about them. Lovely. So painted their nails. Um, and pink is, is the breast cancer yes. colour. Um, pink bracelets, pink bangles, whatever. Um, we had pink clips in our hair. Kia ora, Makere Plus will feature music from the new 1814 album, Relax. Kwera ngā kōrero makoto, that's what's coming up in tonight's edition of Te Ahika. Jamie McCaskill went from being a student in performing arts at the Bay of Plenty Polytechnic in the early 1990s to becoming a writer, actor, singer, and only recently setting up his own company, Tikapa Productions. Jamie is also part of Writer's Block, a Wellington-based group of playwrights and writers from different cultural backgrounds. His play, Manawa, debuted at Circa Theatre Wellington in mid-September and wrapped up last night. Productions. Is that where the name came from? Aye. Your your yep. moana. Yeah, that's right. So Jamie, uh, you know, you're not a kanohi ho or a new face to Tiahika. We've actually had you on the show before, but there are new works uh, in the pipeline when it comes to you. 
uh, Manawa is yep. one of them. Yep. Now I'm just going to kick off our corridor. Yep. I, you know, as you do when you Google anything, <laughs> things come up on the screen. So when you Google Manawa, I had a look at some of the reviews. Here's a few words that describe Manawa: powerful, raw energy, humanity, humour, roller coaster of emotions, and hard hitting. Dialogue and thanks to uh, stuff.co.nz. Is that what describes the play? I think it describes that describes a lot of elements in the play, uh, Justine. I've just I've chosen a dark subject and try to make it light. Um, so that's where the humour part comes from. I'm also I'm also challenging a lot challenging a lot of how people perceive a stereotype when it comes to criminals. Um, I've worked with a lot of um, or potential criminals, um, people who. Um, have made bad decisions in their life, and I've also seen that they have a good heart in there somewhere, uh, especially with that, within our whanau. And um, I wanted to bring that to the stage and change this kind of stereotype to what our everyday people would look at them and perceive. So when you say, um, so manawa um, is a te reo Māori kupu, or te reo Māori word, um, to me it means heart, is right. that what it means? Yeah, I want to, manawa doesn't get mentioned at all during the play, but I want to show that these characters who are in the play have a beating heart like anybody else within within uh, Aotearoa. So it's a, a three-person play. Yeah. There's yourself, um, Kali Kopai, who yeah. is your fiancé, and, ooh. Mau Vaianga, he's played by Natano Kini, who's a uh, Samoan actor who lives up in Auckland, and uh, also brought a brother down from Thames, uh, Simon Donald, who's on the stage with us as well, and he plays live music and plays a, a talkback host. And a oh, so four men. Characters. There's four of us Sorry. on the stage. I've written for three, but we brought Simon down because he's a bit of a talent, and we um, chucked him on stage. He's never done anything like that before. <laughs> there you go, bro. Here's your guitar. <laughs> exactly. Play a few tunes. So uh, without, I suppose, giving too much away, um, uh, obviously the play did finish up last night uh, in Wellington, but you're looking forward to an Auckland run. Yep, so we uh, travel up to Auckland, and we open up there on October 23rd till November 3rd. So it's a 10-day performance. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'd love people to come along, especially yeah. our... Um, our Māori and uh, Pacific Island audience to come along and check it out as well. Sometimes uh, with writing these kind of plays, you're preaching to the converted, so it's nice to provoke people who think differently as well. So people who uh, don't believe in the kaupapa that I'm writing yeah. uh, come along and check it out anyway too. So, I mean, obviously without giving too much away, that's why I read the review. What is it about? It's about uh, two guys, uh, Jimmy King and Mulvayanga, who are in prison together. Uh, Jimmy King is a career criminal. He's been in and out of prison for um, most of his life. He's now 32 years old. And uh, he is put in jail for exposing his genitals to a female reporter. And um, Mol Vayanga has only been in the country for five months. A Samoan immigrant has been caught eating a kākāpō, which is, well, uh, quite tapu within this country. Native birds. Native birds, yeah. but we get up get up about that. So they're in jail together and, and it's their struggle through the um, justice system. And they're represented by a Māori lawyer named Waimani Ahuya who has um, um, certain obligations to or to iwi and mm. they all twist around each other. And so hard-hitting dialogue is part of the review, um, um, a descriptive word there. <laughs> uh, I mean, you mentioned earlier on in our 
in the start of this interview, Jamie, about you had personal experience or you worked with people around you when it comes to this um, copable or theme. Um, can you explain more about that? So I work for a, <clears throat> excuse me, an organisation called Challenge 2000, which is a kind of a frontline social work agency out in oh, Johnsonville. Okay. And um, I used to look after um, at young at-risk at youth who are out of school who can't even get into couldn't get into alternative education. And I work with my good friend Stephen Tamarapa, who's another actor who works in um, Rimataka Prison at the moment, rehabilitating criminals. So we kind of work with individuals, uh, kind of really one-on-one -on -one basis, quite quite intense, um, showing them different paths in life uh, to try and um, change their decisions that they've already made for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Is that about behaviour, changing their behaviour? Changing behaviour, changing uh, guidance, changing um, yeah. And giving them goals and things to look forward to instead of uh, what they see in front of them being the be all and end or what they could be in their life. Yeah. So when you wrote Manawa, which I understand was last year, mm. that obviously, because you were still ba based in Wellington, your team's based now, yep. that would have obviously given you um, yeah, your material and yeah. your experience. Yeah, well, especially with the kids that I was working with who, you know, who, were, who did make bad decisions, but they were just, they were good people. And um, deep down, we all we all are good people. We just make bad decisions sometimes. Now, I wanted to talk to you about um, there's a whakatauki and we use it quite a bit here on Te Ahika and it's a mate huru huru o te manu karere and it attributes to, with the putia, it can help you to, to flourish. Um, so it is a, um, kind of like a whakatauki that speaks about you need money to do things. Is money hard to come by in the theatre, in, in the Māori theatre world? Yeah, uh, well, Carly and I have started up our own production company, and we we're struggling. And we we always joke, we're like, "Oh, theatre's so so lucrative, isn't it?" <laughs> We've definitely chosen the right careers. <laughs> Money is hard to come by. Um, it's all about working, networking, um, believing in your in, in your kaupapa, in your mahi, and uh, and just mm. really going for it. Um, Money is a bonus, but at the end of the day, we I can't deny the fact that I'm an artist, and I can't. Um, let it go. So I'm just going to have to find certain avenues to fund me to do mm. this for as long as I can. And the reason I mentioned that, um, Jamie, is because um, you did say that you're going to Auckland. Yep. And to get to Auckland, you've started a Pledge Me page. Yes, I have. Yeah, I have. which is where the putia comes into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, is that Is that more of a common... I know that some, like, I know Tama Waipara did it. There's yeah. a, Musos do it. Is yeah. it becoming a, a common thing? It's something that I was made of. I, I, I saw that Tama had did it yeah. for his um, his album. Um, it's something that Creative New Zealand made it, made me aware of when I was unsuccessful with uh, funding for Manawa. Um, they made me aware of it, and I went onto the page. And, um, yeah, we have to reach a certain goal to put this on. Um at the end of the day, Carly and I will have to foot the bill if, if that doesn't come ahead. Um, but, um, yeah, any any um, total from friends and whanau would be much appreciated. And so how can whanau, obviously they just do pledgeme.co.nz, yeah. search manawa, because there's probably a few other thing, you know, things on the page. Yeah, that's right. And um, you, your goal is uh, $5,000. That's correct, yeah. And so um, it's really good, though, because in exchange for my money, I'm actually going to get something. So you get, uh, it's a credit mention somewhere, yeah. or it's uh, 20 bucks. I think you get a signed script. Yeah, you get a signed script. Um, we've also got a teacup of hoodies and four free tickets for people up in Auckland. And uh, Carly and myself and Simon Donald play in a band, and we're putting out a gig to play anywhere for anybody who wants to bid for that. Yeah. 
I mean, why, I mean, you talked about, um, you know, you're an artist and, you know, whether it's, whether Putia plays a big or little role, you still have to feed the artist, so to yeah. speak. So how, what made you get into acting? Um, it's, I can't, well, I kind of fell into acting. I, I did um, kind of Māori performing arts and then I, I thought I was going to be... Uh, kabaka? Um, yeah, or? we did kabaka, uh, kind of music performance, uh, rarotungan dancing, um, all these kind of things. I did it with uh, Mabel Farikawa Bert. Oh, yes, Auntie Mabel. Auntie Mabel, yeah. We at Tan uh, Bay of Plenty Poitek. Yeah, in Tauranga, wow, yeah. Wow, cool. Yep. And that kind of, and then we did we did a little bit of acting in that in that course as well. And I thought, oh yeah, we'll give that a give that a jam. Hey, I think that I was Nama Hiarehia. Yeah, 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 I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Yes, Nama Hiarehia. Yeah, actually, a couple of uh, friends from my course Facebook me two days ago. It's quite oh, cool. <laughs> Anyhow, um, we did a bit of acting there, and then we got to the end of that, and I was like, oh, that was quite cool. I quite liked the performing arts. So then I uh, applied for another course in Palmerston North, which was a kind of was more of an acting course or a theatre course, and uh, got into that. And then yeah, just been going ever since. So Auckland Run, October twenty three to November three. Yep. So there you go, folks. I'm Jamie McCaskill. Head to um, pledgeme.co.nz and Kate Theatre. Jamie McCaskill. Kia ora. Kia ora, Justine. Hi, kia ora, and Manawa is directed by Regan Taylor. It does make its way up to Auckland, as you heard, on the 23rd of October, and we have posted some links about the play and teacup of productions on our webpage, radionz.co.nz forward slash te ahika. Te ahika, Radio New Zealand National. This kōrero is about wahine Māori. Wahine and the disease that kills us with a frightening regularity, breast cancer. And it's told through the words and experiences of Annette Ma, from the initial diagnosis three years ago to now, and her ongoing treatment. This is an account of this Ngāti Rangitahi woman's experience of cancer. It's also about a story of friendship between Tiahika producer Mariah Rakuraku and Annette Ma. Ko te arawa taku waka, ko tarawera taku maunga, ko te awa o te atua taku awa, ko Ngāti Rangitihi taku iwi, ko Ngāti Rangitihi taku hapū, ko Rangiaohia taku wharetipuna, ko moko nui arangi te tangata no matata hau, engari kei te noho au ki rotoiti. Ko Anne Ma Tokuingwa. How did I feel when I was diagnosed with breast cancer for the second time? That's Annette reading her story. It was published online this year, which is where we, Justine and myself, came across it when we were researching breast cancer. We were looking for ways to personalise recordings Justine had done in Waipukuro at a mobile breast clinic. You're going to hear that after this kōrero. This was a very sad time for me, as firstly the shock of being diagnosed with breast cancer a second time, and secondly being told over the telephone that you had breast cancer. I was very upset, of course. But back to Annette, whom I've known for well over 20 years. I initially met her through her sister and got to know her better through mutual friends. Annette lives in a house next to my uncle who lost his wife, Auntie Marcia, to cancer last year. 
We know the same people, share a similar philosophy around certain kaupapa. And being Māori, we only ever seem to catch up at Tangihana or those events that call me home. So it's quite shocking for me to learn she has cancer. And shocking again, knowing how private she is, that she's published such a personal account online. The GP who works with my doctor just blurted it out over the telephone. I was so shocked and she was a woman. I couldn't believe she could have been so insensitive. She rang me back immediately. I just hung up on her as she was trying to apologise for her mistake. At this stage I was crying. My son, who is 20, was home at the time and who I have practically brought up on my own, became upset also. About 15 minutes passed and a support worker turned up on my doorstep, sent from the GP who had rung me. She continued to tell me that the doctor was very sorry and all this. I listened to her and vented my opinion about her behaviour also. It took me quite a while to get over the situation. Anyway, getting on, I was very upset to find I had breast cancer again. The first time being in 2009. The breast cancer that time was contained in one area. The surgeon at Whakatane, um I had two operations of partial mastectomies and when he told me after the second operation that they didn't know whether they had got it all or not, I just said, just to take it off, give me a full mastectomy. And so I was referred to um, a surgeon in Tauranga and I had a full mastectomy and reconstruction in one operation. I started wondering how come this had happened to me. There is no history of breast cancer in my whanau. I was the first. So to have it happen again was a real blow to me. How my second diagnosis came about was also traumatic to me. I had a mammogram in February 2011, just a routine mammogram. A cyst was, a cyst was found and removed with a needle. Um, then in November 2011 I discovered a lump and was referred back for another mammogram and CT scan where it was discovered that I had advanced breast cancer. The surgeon advised me that this had been there for at least seven months. I couldn't help but wonder whether it should have been picked up in the mammogram in February. Things just skyrocketed then, a biopsy done, went to see surgeon in Tauranga all in a week and scheduled for surgery the following week. I had a second mastectomy reconstruction on the 8th of December 2011. I consider myself to be a, a healthy person um, because after both operations I was up and about the, the next day. I'm not going to lie down and let this get me. My attitude has a lot to do with how I handle things, I believe. I'm a happy person and a survivor of breast cancer. I'm determined it is not going to beat me. Support. I have a very supportive friend. He 
takes me to all my appointments, chemo, and is just a great person to be around. I choose not to go to support groups as I went once after my first operation and found it too sad. Everyone's stories are different and I didn't think a group would be beneficial to me. In saying this though, I'm finding my own support people, example Cancer Society, oncology nurses who I ring sometimes for advice, my whanau and a couple of people who I know who have been through this and give me great support. As Annette's reading, I find myself looking at the controls on my recording device and checking it's working properly. But what I'm really doing is remembering snippets of our friendship and how slack I am. But this isn't about me. I'm thinking about how her whare and taneato is one of the most stylish I've ever been in. She has a knack of having objects of great beauty and placing them together in a way that makes them look styly as. I'm thinking about an artwork of hers by Mata Henry that I've coveted for years. I'm thinking about her son, a young man now at university in Dunedin, but actually it's one single thought that's pushing out all the others. She doesn't actually look that sick. She looks okay. Sure, she looks sick, but not that sick. But come on, Mariah, you know that's one of the most deceiving things about this disease. Not everyone looks sick. She looks okay. How did I get myself back from breast cancer? Firstly, I exercise regularly, just gentle walks if I am feeling tired and a bit more vigorously if I am feeling okay. Most of the time I am feeling okay, so it is good. I feel the drugs going through my body as I exercise and I think this is a good thing. I've also joined Pink Pilates and this helps with the lymphedema in my arm. From having eight lymph nodes removed, and learning breathing exercises and good posture techniques. My diet has changed quite a bit since being diagnosed. I eat more fruit and vegetables, nuts, yogurt, fish, licorice, which seems to help me with the toilet problems, ginger ale and ginger beer for nausea. Eating these things has given me more energy also. Thirdly, I talk about how I am feeling. For example, when I'm feeling nauseous or having a down day, I find someone to talk to. This helps heaps. Three tips for getting through breast cancer. First, having someone to talk to when you need them. Second, regular exercise. Three, having faith that I'm going to be well at the end of this treatment. I hope my story will help others through their journey. We have to be positive and enjoy every day, everyone, and not let this get us down. Kia kaha, koutou katoa. Is there an expectation that when you're dealing with a professional and she's a wahine, that she will be sensitive or more sensitive to you as a fellow woman going through breast cancer? Oh, definitely, definitely. I was shocked straight away when this doctor was on the telephone to me telling me that I had breast cancer. I, I just couldn't believe it. I, I just thought, you know, you, you might get that from a guy, but being a woman, I was just totally blown away. Totally. Yeah, I just couldn't believe it. And in your experience, have you found professionals to be sensitive? Aye, the majority of them are. 
And I just couldn't believe where she was coming from. Because most of, I mean, I'm assuming here that most of the professionals you're dealing with are men. Yes, most of them are. And I have one woman <laughs> in, in the process and she just stuffed it up. She stuffed it up for me completely. I cannot trust. It, it makes me think about um, other women professionals and how they're going to be now. And, you know, and I've never come across it before. So it destroyed that relationship then? Yes, yes, definitely. First diagnosis, how did that happen? Were you getting sick? No, just a mammogram. It was just from a mammogram. So women are encouraged to go for regular mammograms after the age of 45? Yep. I'd say earlier. I'd go earlier if I was there and the government need to change that role because lots of younger women are getting it too. It's not not only over 40 that are at risk. Yeah. Now, in terms of your own health, had you been going to get regular yes, mammograms? Regularly, regularly. And so you just expected this will just be the same as yep. it always been? That's right. And so could you walk, talk me through what actually happened? Um, and what year it was? 2009, I couldn't tell you. Oh, it was May. It was in May. And I went in for this mammogram... And the radiographer afterwards said to me, there's something here. Okay, there's something here. Is that standard practice for a radiographer to say? Yes, yeah. And, uh, apparently, yeah. The, this and is this was what, in Whakatane? And this is how he, he told me. And um, and what was what had been the time lapse between your previous appointment? Two years. Two years, two years. I, and so he proceeded to show me on what the films that he had just taken of the mammogram and showed me on there what it looks like a grain of salt. They, cancer looks like... But you're holding your finger there, and it, like, on, it's like, a big circle. Aye, that grains of salt inside that circle. <gasps> Right. A patch. So of, you can. So if you put your thumb and your index finger together, yes, you can have grains of salt inside the size of there. that. Yeah. Right. So, so they knew at that stage. They after that we did another mammogram, but it was still just contained in that area. So he said, "Well, you're lucky. So it's that was all just in one, one area. Right. It's all in one area. So and that's. And whereabouts was it in relation to your breast? Um, it was on the side of my breast, on my left breast, on the side, yeah. And had you felt anything? No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, no, I hadn't felt anything. But he showed me that, and I really appreciated it. I was upset, but he said, it's all in one area, you know, this can be dealt with. And yeah. So we proceeded to have... Two partial mastectomies. So what kind of time period are we talking? Okay, but um, I'm thankful for my doctor, um, not the woman doctor who is just his um, offsider, but um, my doctor himself. He, um, it was a week later, I um, had other tests done to make sure that they had it right and everything. But within like within two to three weeks, I had a partial mastectomy, my first partial mastectomy. 
they um, realised after that first part that they didn't really know whether they'd got it all at, at first. And so they did another one the following week and they still didn't know whether they'd got it all. And so I questioned them and I said, um, well, why don't we just take it off? And the surgeon in Whakatane said, yes, I think we should, and I'm going to refer you to a top specialist in Tauranga, a, a top surgeon who's been looking after me ever since. It's around about here it starts to get a bit difficult for both of us. Talking about the diagnosis is one thing. Actually sitting in front of each other, retelling it and reliving it is quite another. So we do what wahine do in these situations. We make a cup of tea, have a biscuit and focus on other things. Sometimes I get upset because I've got no hair, but, the, but I get over that quickly. You know, my facial hair's all gone now and my head, <laughs> which went after the first treatment. and Yeah, but I think that's nothing. I can live through that. I can survive that. It'll grow back. You know, they tell me it grows back even better. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not too concerned. But those are my downtimes. Otherwise, I really try to keep on an even keel. And, you know, and I've got a good friend who keeps me happy, keeps me positive. Yeah. Sometimes I, I've got a wig. You know, and oh, that's not very comfortable. I can't wear it all day. Yeah, I can't wear it all day. I've got a great selection of beanies now. <laughs> scarves. <laughs> your scarves, <laughs> your hats. 101 ways to wear a scarf. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but mm, otherwise life's good, you know? That's what, what about I, the steroids and weight gain? Yeah, that, oh yeah, that's been a bit disappointing too because, yes, it's made me feel bloated and... Um, you know what though, to me, you just look, you look the same. Someone said to me the other day, I look better. <laughs> I said, oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, that has been a bit of an upset too, only because I can't fit my clothes properly and, you know, just started trading me again, getting me some mm. more clothes. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, no, I'm just going to keep positive because I don't want this to beat me. It's not going to beat me. Have you learned any things about yourself um, since you've been going through this? I mean, because it's like 2009, so that's three years. Yeah, but in 2009, I didn't have to have chemotherapy. Right. This, it's only this time because it's advanced cancer. That first time in 2009, was it was contained in one area, and so they just did a mastectomy and a reconstruction straight away, but... This time I have to have chemotherapy and radiation. It has been different. Yeah, it is different. What's the chemotherapy like? Oh, How would you describe I had to, it? Um, nothing I would like anyone ever to have, ever. You know, unless they were a cancer patient and had to have it. But it's not nice. Um, the first lot of treatment I had was for four weeks and in between each treatment there was a three-week break but in that first week after treatment I was really sick and very nauseous and yeah it took a lot to recover and so I'd come right and then the next bout you know but um, in that first lot of treatment I had three different drugs being pumped into me. So do you sit down 
And you have your arm out. I, I've got a, um, the first treatment I had um, was through a vein in my hand, but now I have a port just um, below my shoulder blade and it's much easier, it's much better. Um, yeah, they were concerned that, oh, they told me about how um, if you keep having treatment your veins can collapse and all that and so we decided that a port would be good for me and it's much easier and I, and I am grateful for that, <laughs> yeah. Um, but as my other um, on my right hand side cannot be used again because of the lymphedema yeah and the lymphedema is um, they took out eight lymph nodes from under my arm and three of them were cancerous and, and that's why I'm having chemo because they have to make sure that um, they got they have to attack all the lymph nodes in my body and yeah, make sure that it's not gone somewhere else yeah so how long does each treatment of chemotherapy take? I just started on Herceptin and I'm going to be doing Herceptin and plus one other chemo drug. I can't remember the name of it, but I'm going to be doing that for 12 weeks now, once a week. I, and then after that I have a break, apparently. I, I try to just deal with what's happening now. You know, I know there's some other stuff happening in the future. Um... Herceptin I'll be on for a year. Um, yeah, I try, just try to deal with what's happening now, but after the 12 weeks, apparently I have a break, and then I'll be going to Hamilton for radiation treatment, which will be for approximately seven, eight weeks, and come home on the weekends. Yeah. Mm. My treatment um, supposedly is meant to end in February 2013. Yay! Yay! Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you'll be getting regularly checked. Yes. Um, and monitored because you mentioned in your cordial that when you were diagnosed the second time, you'd had a mammogram, you'd had a checkup in February, and then they noticed. I and. I, in November they noticed yeah, a lump and, and it was advanced, so yeah. And it made you think, how come it wasn't picked up? Yes, it did. I, I, I didn't and think have you had that. any answers to that? No, no, no answers to that. Do you find yourself thinking, are there things that you could have done to avoid this happening? Because um, you said there's been no diagnosis of breast cancer in your whanau. I I just really don't know how come I've got it, Maroya. Yeah, um, yeah, that does upset me, and it makes me think about my own lifestyle, what's happened to me in the past. You know, why is this happening to me? What, you know, you, women especially talk about um, stuff that, um, you know, we have past grievances that we haven't dealt with and stuff like that. You know, and I can't help wonder if if that's me. You know, I don't know, and but do you want to know? Um, if someone could um, just tell me just like that what the problem is, sure, I'd want to know so I can fix it. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. but at this stage, I don't want to dwell too much on it because I just need to get through this. I need to get through this first. I, yeah, I don't want to. Um, go into that at this stage. If there was a psychic person out there who could just tell me straight away that, you know, or a tohuna of some kind, they could tell me what the problem is, I'd fix it.
<laughs> and hopefully everything will just go away. <laughs> yeah. Annette Ma, nor Ngāti Rangitihi, retelling her cancer story with Marae Rakaraku. As you heard, Annette's story is an ongoing one, and we wish her well. Namihi mahana kia koe, Annette. Thank you for sharing your story with us. If you'd like to listen again to our podcast, you can find it at our page, radionz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. I'm Justine Murray, and this is Te Ahika. Now, as we heard from Annette Ma, who told her story about her diagnosis and how she lives with breast cancer, it does shine a spotlight on the issue of early detection, which is what led me to Waipukuro earlier this year, where I visited a mobile breast screening unit with health worker Makere Nepeapatu Thorstenson. We're standing outside the um, Tukituki Medical Health Centre, uh, which is the health centre in Waipukuro. And the mobile breast screening Aotea bus is outside um, the health centre, so they're doing all the breast screenings at the moment. So, yeah, yeah. So we're here a beautiful day. So the health centre's inside, and the doctors and all that are are just next door to the breast screening bus and all that. And so, like, literally, people can come off the road, come up here. People can come off the road, come in. Yeah, it doesn't interfere, interfere with the doctor's surgeries or the hospital next uh, next door. So, you know, it's quite well off the road. So, yeah, it doesn't interfere with the parking for patients and all that on the other side. Kapai, so do you want to head up, up the stairs? And um, so I'm with uh, Makere Nepe Apatsu Thorstenson here in Waipukuro, just walking up the stairs. Hi. <laughs> Kia ora. Kia ora. Can I just um, get your name, please? My name's Heather. Heather, what's your role here? I'm um, receptionist. I do all the admin work. All the admin work. It's as easy as that. So you input ladies that I, come here? I um, can make appointments for ladies. I book them in when they arrive. I check all the uh, details are correct with what's on the computer in their files and then put all the paperwork into their files so it's all ready for the mammographer to come out and get them. So because you're a mobile unit, obviously it travels, does that mean that you, I mean, do you need to look up um, patient, or women that come in here, their, their, their doctor's records, their, their medical files and that sort of? No, if we need to contact the doctor for any reason, it's just purely on, like, contact details. Um, we don't find out any other information about their health. Nothing at all. That's all confidential, and we don't need to know that. And so if they're a first-timer, obviously you if create a, first a new... Time, yeah, if they're a first-timer, they um, we make up a file for them when they arrive, and again, the client details goes into there, and they're home free and... Welcome Excellent. to the group. Are there any particular areas, um, Heather, that you've been to within the mobile unit that, are, that have more women coming through than others? Um, no, they're all pretty much the same. Um, we have a really good turnout. We're, whichever area we go to, we do tend to get a good turnout. And it's getting bigger and bigger each each year. So it's got the words getting out there. Kia ora. Thank you. Thank you, Heather, You're receptionist here at the mobile unit. Can we just do a little quick tour, Makere? What's through there? So the, the trailer is roughly, how long would this be? Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm it's stepping big. up. It's got everything that you need. It's got a little kitchen unit. And up here is where the mammographer does all the paperwork. Right. So she sits here on the computer when she's um, finished screening. And it's where we can come up here and have our lunch and relax. And, 
and have me you know if people come out Hello. we yep. can meet as well and then we come down the stairs to the reception area and we've got the waiting room and this is basically like a normal reception area in any building um, we have our computer all our documentation there that we need our files are sent to us every day from base um, and then we go through to our screening room I can get our mammographer Sharon to show you through that room. Excellent. Thank you very much. Hi Sharon. Hi, how are you? Hi, good, thank you. Could you just explain what this room is, please? This is probably um, just really the changing area really for the right. woman, okay? It's sort of separate from everything else. But it's also the place where we will explain the procedure, especially if she's a first timer. Yep. And um, this is where she would just sort of um, strip up off from the from the waist up off. Um, got a gown to wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we do offer. Some women don't mm -hmm. mind coming through um, topless, but we always give them that choice. So yes, we have got gowns here for them. Um, they also need to remove any deodorant or talcum powder as they, they show up on the films more than anything right. and can sort of um, hide things. So we don't like things being hidden, mm -hmm. we want to see it. So they just remove that, but um, yeah, and then they come on through to the, actually have the mammogram, which is just through here. <coughs> Well, what's this? The <laughs> mammogram machine, basically. Um, obviously, very simple. Your breast sort of gets placed onto here. The paddle will come down with the compression. And um, it's usually done sort of um, with the foot controls to sort of get to the top of the breast. Mm -hmm. From there on, and we can just sort of apply the, a little bit more pressure manually like that. Okay. So how long have you been a mammographer? A mammographer? I have been a mammographer now. This is my third year. And how long have you been uh, with the mobile unit? With the mobile unit? No, I started um, screening for breast screening about three years ago and they trained me and then I had to do a couple of extra certificates which we've completed and then you sort of get sent out into the road to sort of take oh. all these pictures, so yeah. So you never had a, uh, you didn't start at a hospital? No, no, not doing this, no. I actually um, went back to school and trained as a radiographer late in life. And um, uh, and then when a job came up here, I applied for it and got it. So yeah, good. <laughs> have you been to many small towns like Waipukuro, or have you been I, to the bigger cities? No, no. I'm well, I'm ba we're based in Palmerston, and we sort of are on a bit of a roster system. So yeah, we do go to the small towns, and we cover from like Tapuia Springs up the east coast there, um, oh. all the way through to Waitra on the on the west coast. Um, far north is Alcuni. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then down to Otaki. So that's our area all in between there. Now, some. But just this unit? Yeah. So some centres do have fixed sites, like Palmerston North is a building. Um, there's one in Hastings. There's also one in um, Whanganui and New Plymouth. But we do still go to the smaller towns, even around those areas like Flaxmere, Maranui, stuff like that. Just, just because we sort of find that, you know, those women. Sometimes it's hard for them even to take that half a day off work or an extra half an hour. And it's easier parking up. And they come. And that's the whole idea. And that's the very purpose of this mobile unit, yeah, is to target. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're always busy, which is good. It's that what we found, women do use it. When it's parked here, they want to come. So, you know, it's, it's very, very well used. Mammographer Sharon, thank you. You're welcome. So how do you make getting a mammogram an enjoyable one? Well, for Mākere, who works with a lot of wahine Māori, it's all about manakitanga. What I did to prepare them for their mammograms was talk them through about the process of a mammogram. Two days before, I went and painted all their nails pink. <laughs> two, days, two days before, 
Because it's all about them. It's all about our wahine. It's all about our nannies. It's not about me. It's about them. Lovely. So painted their nails. Um, and pink is, is the breast cancer yes. colour. Um, pink bracelets, pink bangles, whatever. Um, we had pink clips in our hair. And they could dress up in whatever they want. So we all met outside Central Health where I work, took a photo. Then we all... I, um, We've also got the panda van, which through the whanau from Prongahau get funded through the PHO. What's a panda van? The panda van is is like Red Cross. Mm-hmm. Red Cross, you know, um, it's for people that don't have a way of coming into the appointments and all that. So the whanau out in Prongahau approached the DHB. Um, how, how could they go about getting a panda van? Getting a van. Anyway, the whanau did a policy up and they got the application and all that. And then the whanau who... Um, name the van, Panda Van is after two Fano members. So this Panda Van helps the Fano from Prongaho to come into the appointments to Waipakaro and also to Heratonga and they use the van about four times a week. Can't and that's, that's, that's for the Fano out at Prongaho. So yeah, hence the reason how our nannies came to go to Royston Hospital. Some were first times time of some that had been before but for the ones that had been that had been first time in their lives it was quite emotional so before we even went in I did a karakia we all had a karakia and then once each name was called out and I just said would you like me to go in and um, some with oh will you come with me auntie or whatever so I went in with two of my whanau members that hadn't had a mammogram before so it was very emotional for me too and then after we um after they were all um, screened, um, then we were asked to have a photo at Royston Hospital. And one of the doctors, I'm not, I can't remember his name, but he took a photo because everybody was just surprised at how beautiful they, beautiful they looked and how happy they looked. And how happy they and looked. And happy and joyous they were when we walked into Royston Hospital. Because... It wasn't about doom and gloom, it was no, about making... It was about it was about them doing what they wanted to do and knowing that, oh, that they were just excited. It was something different and something new. <laughs> so, Makere, do you use the surrounding marae to spread the message about um, screening to our Māori woman? Uh, we have out at, out at Parangahau with Kim. Yes. Um, Kim Stafford, she's, she's a treasure to us. Um, uh we yeah we do that they um and we put it through our newsletters but the marae as well um some of my networks taifenua so you know you put them through the newsletters and all that our kohanga um and our schools and it's just word of mouth and it's really face face to face is better like i'm downtown wherever i go i just put it out who i know and just say well do you know we've got? Do you know we've got? But it's got to be, you've got to have a certain way about going and telling people and asking people. You just can't go, go up to them <laughs> and say, no. I think you no, should. I think you yeah, should. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, just, of course. Yeah, I can't do that. But the people, the whanau and everybody in Waipakaro have been really, really good to me. And I think I've been, I hopefully think that they, they, they know what we do down at Central House at Pungahau Water. But my main ambition is to um, be out there for the whānau, as we met two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Be six years this year I've been there at Central Health, Pungahau Water, so I'm not retiring yet, darling. Ko mākere nepi apatri Thorstons and tuku ingoa, nō takapau ahau, ko tuku whenua ki takapau, ko tuku marae, rakai tātahi.
no tauke ki Parangahau. Kia ora, Makere and the ladies, Heather and Sharon, at the Altia Breast Screening Unit in Waipukuru. Now that was recorded earlier this year. To find out where your nearest mobile clinic is or for more information about where to get a mammogram or just general info, we've posted up some links and information on our webpage radionz.co.nz forward slash te ahika. And later are Macy Rika with this week's Whakatauki. And all that you do, do well. You know, go hard in everything that you do. I always use that motto. It's actually the motto of my school, um, St. Joseph Māori Girls College, Hatohohepa. It was um, imprinted and I wore it on my on my um, uniform for five years. So it was embedded in me. Iu mahi katoa mahi. And all that you do, do well. Go hard in what you do. Um, never look back. Just do everything to the best of your ability. Kia ora Macy. She joins me next week on the show for a cordial about her recently released album, Fitziora. And Mariah Rakaraku is in South Taranaki with Daisy Noble and learns more about the history of the settlement, Ohawe. That's coming up next week. Hemihi tēnei ki ngā kai kōrero i tēnei wiki, ngā koutou tēnei hōtaka e rerenei. Ki ngā kai mahi rorohiko, ngā mihi. Hoki mai hei tērā rātapu, mai te whānau atiahi kā ki a tātou katoa, mauri ora.